And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery weather and weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet key, he's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Both Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping. We are going to rip out the hearts friends. of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We're going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Birds with Friends Wednesday evening. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn. We've got our Eagles season preview predictions, our crystal balled Eagle predictions draft to get to. We are going to be joined by the king of the Denizens, Dennis Selman. Uh, very much looking forward to that. But before we do that, we got to, uh, you know, shoot the S at the top of the show. Get to the news from the day and just see how Marissa's doing. Marissa, what's new? Not much. Um, excited that, you know, a few more days. we got football tomorrow night. So can't wait for that uh, that Bills-Rams matchup. So I'm excited we have Deniz on. Like, this is this is great. Feeling Feeling very excited. Zach, how are you? I sound like Zach. <laughs> Doing great. Excited for this pod. I've, I've seen, and I, I, I say this respectfully, I've probably seen more of you guys during the past two days than I've yeah. seen my family. Um, I I, uh, I just got home seven minutes before I jumped on here, and I haven't eaten today other than um, oh, no. like an excuse of a salad. Not an excuse of a salad. It was a good salad. Just just it wasn't, it wasn't plentiful. Uh, so... I'm I'm hungry and I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts ruminating from the car ride and so I am ready to get rolling for this pod. I I have my list of I don't want to call them half baked um, mm -hmm. expectations or but I I don't know if the purpose of the game that we're playing is to try to get points or to try to give something that we realistically think is going to happen. So uh, okay, so yeah, so I have some a little out there and some a little in there. But uh, mm. um, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> I'm excited for this pod. Mm. Mistresses of Detroit, watch out! Zach is coming this weekend. All right. Uh, well, speaking of <laughs> that, no, no, there's nothing like that. It is a game week, and so we send it over to the stone cold newsman who's been grinding it out every hour of the day at the Novacare Complex. Zach Berman on the scene. The Philadelphia Eagles returned to practice on Wednesday, the first practice of game week, first game week of the season, and health report looks pretty good so far. The Eagles uh, had Miles Sanders out there as a full participant in practice. He has the hamstring injury, of course, but looks like he's going to be good to go. Uh, Derek Burnett, Javon Hargrave, and Josiah Scott were limited 
at practice, but nobody on the, I should say, 52-man roster now because they have an open spot after putting Andre Dillard on IR. No one on the 52-man roster um, was absent. And the other key thing to mention is that Jason Kelsey, not even on the injury uh, on the report, says he's going to play in Detroit. Had many things to say today. Uh, we can discuss that, and you can read about that on The Athletic as well. And uh, the Eagles made a few minor practice squad transactions. They signed. Not honored to those people's families. No, that's true. Good point. Signed Alden Tate. And is it uh, Dalton Keene? Dalton Keene. I like the Dalton Keene coming in. Yeah, so two players. Well, this is a player with draft pedigree. He was a third-round pick by the Patriots. Um, drafted, I think, two or three spots ahead of Davion Taylor. And as the Eagles continue to add players with draft pedigree to the bottom of the roster and to the practice squad, uh, still it was one... an overdraft at that at that spot, yes. as many Patriots players are. <laughs> yes, yes, well said. Or I shouldn't say well said, but accurate point. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and we spoke to Dan Campbell for a bit, and Nick Sirianni very, had his press soft. conference. Couldn't barely uh, hear a word yeah. he was saying. What was up with that? I. I mean, he's he, he's been screaming a lot, right? Okay. So uh, he, maybe he's he was saving his voice. Uh, Nick Sirianni, we shouldn't bury the lead. Had his press conference today and essentially did a good job stumping for Larry Karras to make the College <laughs> Football Hall of Fame, right? Um, because uh, yeah, he he was uh, he's is that the great. lead? That's the lead we buried. <laughs> um, he's very proud of his college coach and called him the best coach in college football history, which. Uh, I got to say, Nick Saban might have something to say about that one. Mm. Um, I would but, say Brian Flynn might have something to say about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, what else did he say? Um, yeah, he he. they're, they're tunnel visioned on, on this game here. Um, he didn't offer much as far as injury or lineup updates. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen at returner. That, that's that's really the big question. We can mm, get team into seems that. seems to be very worried about giving that away. <laughs> And we'll get more into that in our game preview pod um, about what we expect to occur there. Uh, so this is this is a heavy podcast week, but that's that's the update from the Novacare Complex today. Back to you in the studio, Bo. Hey Zach, uh, while I have you, is there any connection you think possibly between uh, Derek Barnett's rib injury and Andre Dillard's broken forearm? It just happened in practice. That is all we know. It just happened in practice in a normal football play in practice. All right, thanks, Zach. Uh, spend some time with your family. I can't wait, actually. I love spending time with my family. <laughs> Except uh, right after they're born. <laughs> no, I'm there when they're I'm right, I'm there right after they were born. Uh <laughs> the next day I went to an interview. Well, that's when you get out of town. That's my work here is done. <laughs> that's it. No, I'm good. <laughs> not at all. Not not at all. Uh, Zach, um, uh, 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 somebody dropping in with a comment from the chats. They want you to know that your skin looks great today. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I I've never gotten up. that compliment. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I hope my information is good today. Mm, okay. Uh, let's let's talk about a few things, Zach, before we uh, before we get to Dana's uh, from things that we saw today and and heard today. You uh, you mentioned the, the Jason Kelsey uh, press conference, which I was not in on. You were, and you texted me. You said, "I think I'm going to write live off Kelsey. He's he's rolling." <laughs> So tell me, what was he rolling about? Yeah, so uh, Jason Kelsey in year 12 is, I mean, he's acutely aware of. Mm, I would say the, handsomely aware. The uh, Can I say the pulpit? Would that be the right? 
analogy there when he I don't think that's the word that you're going for. Okay. I guess uh, the platform I, don't know. I guess I guess that yeah. is. Yeah. The platform that he has, the Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Yeah, so he uh he 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 knew so I don't know if he went in there with the intention of speaking so colorfully and passionately about these topics, but once they came up, he, knew he knows he when he ha- when he talks, he has a chance to speak to everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So he was asked a question that was, I, I mean, it was almost like a, a layup question about how much more comfortable Nick Sirianni could feel in year two here, right? And he answered the question, and then he kind of moved off it, and he said, uh, "And I'm not going to give. We're a, we're a family program here." So I'm going to leave some words out or use bleeping instead. Um, But he said, to be honest, I don't like comfort. I think comfort is a bleeping terrible place to be if you're in this league. I know everybody expects us to be Super Bowl champions in Philadelphia. I think that can definitely happen, but it's not going to happen being comfortable. I can guarantee you that. And then um, he he explained his reason why. And then the follow-up question was about expectations. Right, and if you recall earlier this summer, he uh, he had mentioned that in his time in Philly, when they're expected to do well, they don't play well, and the inverse has been true, the opposite. And he said there, and I'm pulling this up. Um, he he said, I I apologize, it's it's not right in front of me here. Uh, expectations are just that; they're bleeping nothing. We've got to go out there and play. The moment you're comfortable in this league, somebody's coming for you. We haven't won leaping nothing yet. We're not even the champions, so we better work our leaps off. Um, and Jalen Hurts said later something like, expectations are just things you haven't done yet or, or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, his his message was was clear. Like, like, don't buy the hype. They haven't done anything yet. And I like the point. I like the point about not being comfortable about being discomfort. I, I, I mean, I'm not a football player and I got, I, I don't deal with what they deal with, but I was actually, I was talking with my wife about it this, this weekend that progress comes on the other side of comfort. Right. Um, mm. so I, I truly believe like you got to leave your comfort zone. And I liked what he said about not feeling comfortable. Um, so I thought that was a good message. Yeah, I feel like that is speaking your language. Very much so. Very much. That's good. And I think it's I think it's part of the the overall tone of of uh, what's going on with the Eagles that we will probably talk about as this this show goes on that they find themselves after you know not really doing much in the grand scheme of things last year in this in this uh, this place in the NFL zeitgeist now where they are a team that is being described as as a Super Bowl contender and you know they got a long way to go before they can uh, actually belong in that in that stratosphere so. Uh, I think it's I think you're exactly right that Kelsey knew what he was doing. And and isn't it true that you asked him about that at the end of the press conference? Like, did he realize that he was sort of speaking to the, his team? Yeah, I, I asked him, I I said, because it was such a good message, I thought I said, I, I, I can't imagine this is impromptu, which it actually turned out to be. I said, have you conveyed this to your teammates? And he said, not specifically in that language, but. He imagines that a video of this is going to get out. Um, and then he winked which, at you, I heard. I don't know if he winked. I would have to look back. I was, I don't know if he winked. Um, but uh, I, I think he, I understand. I mean, I, I, I certainly don't want to um, put words in his mouth or thoughts in his head. But my, the way I perceive that is like, 
yeah, like this is going to get out there. So they're going to hear it. Hmm. Okay. I think that makes that, sense. The truth says he had a knowing chuckle. So this hmm. is, so there you go. Good. Okay. That's, that's a good phrase. And I'll also add like storylines aside from a football perspective with Kelsey. Um, Cause this is the first time we've heard from him since and this was injury. interesting. Yeah. So he said that he had been feeling it. it he, he had been, it, he hadn't been feeling right in his elbow for two weeks in the first two weeks of camp, they had a date set basically that if this was still bothering him by that date, he would get it cleaned out. And the date was set with the, basically uh, the, the runway to return for a conservative one. runway for week one, which, which exactly. made sense when it happened because yep. what, immediately when it happened, you're thinking if this is not a big deal, why is he doing it now yep. in the middle of the camp? And so it, it makes sense that he comes in and they plan all along that if it's not right, this is the date and it's fine. And you know, you get jerking some reps. Exactly. That's, that's almost exactly how he put it. And he says, you know, uh, that, um, he, because it, it was upper body and not lower body, he was able to maintain his cardiovascular shape. Um, but <coughs> he was honest. He said, I'm not going to lie that training camp was really frustrating for him. He's never missed, um, this much time going into a season. Right, he he's never missed a training camp like this before, um, so it's 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 a unique free experience for him to go into a season, which with such little practice time. But he wanted to get out there last week to see how he felt, and he felt he felt really good there. Um, so he's he's good to go. But but yeah, that's why the injury occurred when it did. That's why uh, he was on the operating table within 24 hours after they made that decision because they had planned it out essentially. And he says he feels better now. Then he's or the elbow feels better now than it's felt in about four years since he he last got it cleaned out. Now he did say his elbows click and his ankles click. So Marissa, this this might give you a little a little sense of what it an offensive line's body's like at uh you know 35 or so or 34. Um, but um he's he feels better now than he's felt the past few years. And then I think we should just say for uh, for the listeners, so who have been curious about you know the uh, how the tofu is made and the job, we were back in the locker room today for the first time um, since 2019. Now we were in after the post game uh, preseason game at home, but this was the first time back at the practice facility that we had a chance to be uh, to be back in the locker room, which is great. That's what's where the good stuff happens. Yeah, I was. It's always good to see. The wolf den ruminating, right? So mm. Bo is Bo to show how the tofu was made. Bo really works a locker room well, right? If I didn't if feel it, like I, I felt like I was a little bit off my game today. A lot of new faces, uh, you know. I mean, for all the young reporters out there or aspiring reporters out there, um, I'll give you a great lesson from if you watch Bo Wolf, okay. If you want to know where 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 Bo Wolf is in a locker room, don't look at the scrum. Look away from the scrum. Okay, he's well. That is true. He, he he's he's always where they aren't, and uh, and that's how he gets the good stuff. So that's uh that's a good lesson to the young reporters out. But there. I don't think that's a that's not a me thing. I think that's a you know as long as you have the freedom to not having to not have to be in the scrum, I think that's always good advice. True. I mean, some people you know are in the scrum to lead the scrum, but other people sometimes just follow the pack right and they're they're playing they're playing defense in there mm. you know they're they're going in there just to make sure that they come out of it with like whatever the big thing is that that day well and i think we can, are we are yeah. uh 
fortunate in the job yeah. that we have that we're that's yeah. not those are not our marching orders yeah but you play offense right you're you're going in there with a game plan and you uh so i'm 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 gassing you, you know, up. I'm I'm I don't I don't need the gas today because I felt like uh, if I'm being if I'm giving you my my inner Zach, I feel like I could have done a better job today. So okay, I got well, have another opportunity to, tomorrow. Come, yeah. yeah, exactly. Come back to the drawing board tomorrow. I've mm-hmm. always said that uh, progress is on the other side of discomfort. Good, I've said that too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Uh, anything else from from today? What do you make of like why why are the Eagles so worried about uh, not telling us who their returners are going to be? Uh I think this comes from. I think part of this is 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 Sirianni. Like they are um, obsessed with this notion that um, there's a competitive advantage that can come from week one. You heard this last year. Uh, they probably think the yeah. same. You know, they're the man, operating uh, the same way this, this year. This is this is diminishing returns. The man hours spent obfuscating and also like looking at the uh like as Sirianni was saying like watching Dan Campbell press conferences that is time wasted like let's yeah. let's be that is not going to matter come game day I know that like it's all about the little margins I'm sorry Th- this is not one of those cases give me a break yeah like I I think there's there's a difference between like keeping the Philly special behind closed doors, right? Right. Like, like you don't want people to know your trick play of fourth uh, down on the goal line. Or is it going to uh, be Quez Watkins or Britton Covey returning kickoffs? Yeah. Like, and then the other side of that, <laughs> is, I mean, and I, I say this respectfully, like I get that their job is to win games and any advantage they think they have, they want to maximize. But Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and Dave Phipp, Right, they can put two and two together too. Like they can look at a roster the same way we can look at a roster and figure out who the possibilities are, well, who the likely possibilities are. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like Dave. I always enjoy talking to Dave. Yeah, sure. The beekeeper. I mean, that's a story you can read on the Athletic and yes. nowhere else, and uh, we won't even mention the writer. Okay. Uh, Well, we know we got we got like better stuff to get to. Let's get to our guests. So why don't we take a little break? We'll come back on the other side talking Eagles season predictions. And and I want to I want to pick the brain of the man who has some very strong thoughts on Jonathan Gannon. Let's bring in Daniz after the break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, back on Birds with Friends. So I had a uh, I had a fantasy draft on Monday, Tuesday night. Uh, no, Monday night. And uh, there's one of the kids, one of the guys in the class is a as a uh, student at Wharton. And I said, "Oh, do you know Daniz?" And he goes, "You know Daniz?" He was he was freaking out. He's like, 
Dana, oh, so he had him last year. He said, oh, Dana's, he was the only econ teacher who, who was good and knew what people wanted to get out of it. And he was going to invite, he was going to, he was going to bring his son in, Everin, to talk to the class. But then COVID got heavy. We were all, we were all disappointed. Uh, and he said, oh, he's, he's all about game theory. And I said, I think I know a little bit about his game theory. And so we bring on now the king of the, the <laughs> Danisians. Danis, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing very well. You've you've well, had a you uh, you've had a, a well traveled summer. You've been all over the place. I'm sure you've been thinking about Johnny Gans the entire time. Is that fair? Oh yeah, the the entire time. We were in Turkey for two months, Italy for a few weeks, and uh, just thinking about Jonathan Gannon ruined all of it. <laughs> I mean, like you know, beautiful beautiful food and scenery and everything. But he's not going to be disguising. Just, he's not going to be just disguising having nightmares of of off coverage on third and three and, and it's just wasn't. I actually think yeah. Jonathan would really enjoy meeting you. I think he would have so many questions for you. So uh, yeah, maybe in the bye week I can try to arrange that. Wow. That sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a peace offering. I like this. Yeah. I think you would like Jonathan. Uh, he, he's a curious guy. Yeah, I mean, my understanding of Jonathan Gannon is that he's very good at making you guys uh, think that he's very smart. <laughs> my entire, uh, you know, career is based on trying to understand if people are actually smart or not. So it would be it would be uh, you fascinating this podcast me, then. <laughs> uh, to uh, to meet him. If you guys can arrange that, I would love it. Um, I'm sure it would be, um, you know, I'm sure it would be a lot of fun. That doesn't change what it looked like last year and and we'll see if, if things look different this well year. let's let's I mean, talk about this because i think it is you know yeah. there, there's so much focus on the offense we can get to the offense but i am i am like very much on the fence of, about this defense because it seems like the talent is like coordinator proof um they have upgraded at every level uh if they if if jonathan gannon can't get a top quartile quarter defense like a top eight defense out of this group you know assuming regular health i think that would be a massive disappointment um what are what are your expectations for what you think you're going to see from from this defense yeah so i mean it's really hard for me to predict things because i'm a fan like i'm still a fan right like i'm a season ticket holder i'm sitting in the stands like freezing um you know i i i care a lot if the team does well and so i don't want to predict that bad things mm -hmm. are going to happen and then say like look i was right and that's not something I normally do, <laughs> but I think it's unrealistic. That's it's unrealistic to think that we're going to go from 25th in DVOA, right? 22nd in EPA, 20th in points per drive, 25th in turnovers per drive, uh, 29th in red zone touchdown percentage, 24th in series conversion rate. And by the way, series conversion rate is is the percentage percentage of times that a first down converts to another first down or a touchdown. 24th in serious conversion rate, despite being third in the league in three and out last year, mm. which basically means that either drives ended with three and outs because the quarterback was Gilbert Godfrey or whatever, <laughs> or the drive <laughs> kept on going with like, you know, first down after first down after first down. And that's something that we saw, right? And that's why, you know, Zach, after the Chargers game was like, well, they only allowed however many points. Well, they scored a touchdown on like every drive, right? Like there were only like five drives in the game because it was just first down after first down after first down. And I'm sitting in the stands at the Chargers game, and I'm like, does every team allow, like, every third and four? Like, does every team just, like, give it up before the snap? Is it just going to be a first down automatically? And so, you know, you go to the numbers, you go to Football Outsiders, and you can look at DVOA by situation. 
And the Eagles were 31st in the league on third and short and 28th in the league in third and medium. Now, Zach, I know you're a big third down guy. Yes. The best way to the best way to get first downs is to not even have third down if you're on offense, <laughs> okay, right? Yes. Well, the Eagles were also 23rd in the league, 23rd in the league at getting two third down to begin with. And so basically this was a defense that was designed to fail against quarterbacks that were willing to be patient and just, you know, pick apart the zones and things like that. And we're going to see if things are different when you have two, you know, two guys who can cover uh, slot receivers instead of only one, like last year, you know, that kind of thing. Like when you have a, a, an edge rusher who's actually, uh, you know, likely to get a lot of sacks, like those are, those are things that we're going to see if, if it's going to be different, but the philosophy to me seemed Flawed last year and definitely frustrating. And so I, think I think it was John Maynard Keynes. Is that who it, mm-hmm. I think it was John Maynard Keynes who said, when the Uh-oh. facts change, I change my mind. How do you do, sir? Right. So uh, in, right. in my estimation, the facts have changed. Um, the facts, the, the personnel is different. The way he can play is different. I, I was about to say, I concede. I have no dog in this fight, right? Like Jonathan Gannon doesn't need me to defending him. What what you said is absolutely no. Correct. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. There are plenty of people defending him, and I don't understand why. Um, I do not understand but, it. But yeah, yeah. but there are owners interviewing for head coaching jobs. I mean, I, I do not understand it. And and but but you but but to your point about that Chargers game last year. I mean, I just pulled up the the Chargers schedule. I I, I mean, they were putting up what forty seven yeah, points against 90, Cleveland, twenty eight points passing. against Vegas, thirty you know thirty points against Kansas City. Um, 41 against Pittsburgh, 41 against Cincinnati, 37 against the Giants. Um, you know, uh, the Eagles kept points off the board. No, only because they were slow. These these are the notes that I took at the game. Okay. And I want you to focus on that. If you are an audio listener, you sort of of have to watch Every single drive is a score. They had the ball four times Mm -hmm. and they scored all four drives. Now, you can limit points by allowing nine-minute touchdown drives mm-hmm. instead of two-minute touchdown drives, which is what the philosophy seems to be. The problem is, if you're behind in the game, that's not even better. It's actually worse to allow a nine-minute touchdown drive if you're behind, which is the kind of thing that happened in that game. I mean, the offense was actually moving the ball pretty well that game. They just needed the ball back. They just didn't and score points, weren't though, able to right? Get like, the ball back. like I, I, the game ended twenty-seven to twenty-four. Zach. Yeah, like, we don't need to relitigate were, the Eagles Chargers game the last offense, year. The offense scored touchdowns on on two of the three times it had the ball in the second <laughs> half. Does that sound like a normal number of times to have the ball in the second <laughs> half? Three times? No, but, I mean, but like, I, I, you know, I think you getting know. off the field is important when you're when you're behind in the game, and that wasn't something we all talk about. Doug Peterson. In the Super Bowl, right? Going for it on every fourth down and Philly special, all that stuff. And the reason that Doug Peterson got so much praise for that was, I mean, obviously because he won the game, right? But like also because he understood he was going against Belichick. He understood that he was the underdog. He understood that he had to take some risks because it doesn't matter if you lose by 20 or you lose by four, right? At the end of the day, you either win the Super Bowl or you don't. And he understood he had to take risks on the margins in order to win that game. I feel like that's precisely the thing that Gannon doesn't have is that game awareness. Like what's the score? Who am I playing against? Like how likely is my offense to score a lot of points? And what do I have to do as a defense? And sometimes as a defense, you have to be like, maybe I will give up a bomb on this, but maybe I'll get a strip sack and, or an interception and, and change the game because my offense is struggling. Right. And that's the thing that I didn't see in literally any game last yeah. year. And he, you know, I don't know how you guys sit through those press conferences, by the way, but um, you know, Gannon told you guys the other day, like sometimes we played lights out 
and sometimes we didn't. We want to be consistent this year. I miss the games where, where the team was lights out. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, Jake like, Fromm I mean, like, is, about, is about all that comes to down. mind. Yeah. Mar Mar Marissa, how many times uh, did, did you get on that Jets pod talk about Zach Wilson touchdown drives last year? How, how many were there? Like all year? Not many. <laughs> <laughs> and how many were there on the first three drives against Jonathan Gannon? Yeah. All three. I mean, this was this was like just ridiculous. Like it wasn't like he was even uh, destroying all of the bad quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the guy from Washington had a decent game. So I mean, you know, whatever. Like it, it's just it's hard for me to. Like I, I'm sure he's smart when he talks to you guys, but he doesn't seem to understand the overall like scenarios in the game. At the end of the day, you need to maximize your probability of winning the game, and sometimes that involves taking risks. Look, if he start, if he starts taking more risks this year, that'll be great. But I didn't see it last year. I mean, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna make the case, you have to you you have to assume if you're gonna think that he that he does know what he's doing that he viewed last year as like uh, a transition year, which I think is is uh, would have been false. Like he had plenty of talent, um, but. Like it was, as you're describing, Dennis, it, it was so dogmatic and like to, to just do the same thing every time. And we're not going to take these risks. It's also paired with like, if you're going to do that, you, you got, you sort of have to be better in the red zone. If like, if that's going to be your whole philosophy, right. you can't just give up touchdowns, you know, rank 29th in red zone defense. That is the kind of thing that usually does revert to the, to the mean uh, year over year. So you would expect that they'll get some kind of bump there, but like maybe it was like, okay, Howie, you got to get me these guys. And Howie's like, all right, I got you these guys. Now let's see if you can do it. And and I don't know if we're going to see the kind of creativity um, that some of us are expecting in terms of like freeing up Hassan Reddick the way that Phil Snow did. Um, right. And like not, not, not being so soft on every third and short, third and medium. So I don't know. I, it is, it is the thing that I'm probably most curious about. And I think that, uh, you you might disagree because you you you're already sort of pod committed that uh, you're not that curious. You sort of expect that it's going to be about the same. Well, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Though. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a right. fan, right? Like I'm not like sitting here like you know uh, publishing predictions that I hope mm. are going to turn out to be right. Like I'm a We're fan. Get and I hope point. I'm wrong somehow. I but oh yeah oh god yeah no, okay we'll forget. Look it, on the topic of using talent correctly. You know, I know Jeff McClain asked about the the four eye technique in like every press conference. He does love that, right? Like, yeah. and I'm still waiting for his, <laughs> I'm still waiting for his book on the four eye. I'm, I'm sure it's coming out soon. Jeff does um, a great job. But, uh, no oh yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. And I, and I and I and I honestly can't wait for the four eye book. But the um, the uh, you know we had Josh Sweat in the four eye with Jannard Avery and Derek Barnett yeah. on the edges right. routinely on early downs last year. And I, you know, I, I, I'm very nerdily watch the film and I chart every play and I actually write the order of the, mm -hmm. of the defensive lineman for every play. Okay. And I know this is like my wife, I hope, you know, doesn't hear this, but like, you know, um, she knows it's, yeah. it's probably not so, the best yeah. use of my time, what makes you um, but the point is like, it's not anecdotal. It's not like, I think I noticed Josh sweat in the four eye mm -hmm. with, uh, with Avery on the edge. No, it happened a lot, yeah. right? Like you can, you can chart in and you can write down the numbers. And I feel like that was just such a poor use of personnel in a way that like you you're limiting one of your best rushers and you're using Avery in this weird thing where like you can tell from the beginning that he's just going to drop into right. his own. He's only like, on the field know, play, if like, that's going to be his role. Like, yeah, like just play a normal linebacker there or something. Right. Like it's like like he, like he doesn't have any pass rush moves. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like and, and so like having him out there on those downs and just not having any uh, lack of predictability 
on early downs was the biggest problem. I think you really have to separate third down from the other downs. Like it, it really sticks out when you chart like which plays were blitzes and which plays weren't blitzes. I think the Jim Johnsons and the Vic Fangios of the world like know to bring unexpected pressure on early downs, right? And I can't wait till you guys break some sort of Vic Fangio. Well, the Vic Fangio thing is very much in the water. (laughs) I mean, he's been here. So uh, again, if you're going to be like really optimistic, maybe maybe he's passing along some secrets. I don't know. Oh, that would be amazing because I mean the thing about first and second down, and I know like this is something uh, you know uh, Greg Cosell. I had to mention Greg Cosell Mm -hmm. because I'm wearing this. I'm wearing this today. Uh, for the audio listeners, I like the, a, the, uh, a, a, an original BWF. I like it a little more than you do, shirt. That's right. That's right. Well, Cosell always talks about how, um, you know, on, on the podcast with with uh, the great Fran Duffy, uh, talks about how most NFL defenses are relatively predictable on first and second down. And so offenses know how to attack them, right? Like you have a sense of like what you're going to get on those early downs. And then third down is where things get interesting. But the dichotomy with Gannon, I mean, not like he blitzed a lot on third down either. 31st in blitz yep. rate in the NFL last year, uh, more only than Bo's favorite uh, defensive coordinator in um, in Las Vegas. And you had the um, you had the like early down, like I'm sitting in the stadium and I am an economics professor. Okay, like I don't actually know anything about well, football. Like that, I'm just well, watching you know quite a bit about game football, yeah. from the stand. Well, okay, but I mean, whatever, like, you know, I'm not Fran Duffy, like, I can't tell, like, you know, exactly what's going on. I always knew what the coverage was going to be pre-snap. This continued throughout the season, and I was, like, testing myself, <laughs> like, you know, like, like you know, I'll pause it before before the play starts, like, what's going to be? I can tell. And if I can tell, obviously Tom Brady can tell, right? Like, and, and it gets to a point where you're like, why are you lacking so much creativity on these early downs? Forcing sacks and forcing turnovers, if that's the if that's the goal, one of the things about those things, and I know the guy who used to be on this podcast talked about how sacks have gotten uh, so underrated, so said to be so overrated that they were now underrated. Uh, yeah, that was me saying but it, I think too. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, all right. Yeah, the guy used to be is, is still. But, but here's the thing with sacks, right? There isn't really that big a difference between a sack and an incompletion on third down, on third down right? Yes. On third down, right. it's probably ending the drive either way, yes. unless you're knocking them out of field goal range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on first and second down, there's a huge difference, right? There's a big difference between third and seven and exactly. third and 15. Exactly. And Jonathan Gannon never even tries to get a sack on second and seven, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the thing is like, you can't get to third and 15 instead of third and seven when you're, that's not even a goal of yours. Right. And, and I feel like, the lack of any kind of disguise or or exchange or anything like on those early downs is something that is is frustrating to to fans and and we're coming off Jim Schwartz who never blitzed either and it's still really frustrating like imagine if this had been like straight from Jim Johnson like it would have been even harder to well yeah, maybe my biggest one in the middle yeah my biggest uh, criticism sure. of 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 Gannon's defense last year um, was like I understand the philosophy uh, of forcing a team. To, to try to go 10, 12, 14 plays on you. And at some point there, there's going to be a sack, an interception, a tip ball, whatever it may be. But they did not force negative plays nearly enough for that to be your overriding philosophy. And that's my biggest criticism is the lack of negative plays. And I and, think uh, and, and, sorry, and that needs to be like, if there's anything that I need to see from this defense this year, it's more sacks, more takeaways, um, because I don't have an objection with the philosophy I have an objection with the execution, and I have an objection to the the uh, com- the like full blown commitment to the philosophy. The like you can't you can't play that way against Tom Brady. He's just going to take what you're giving him. Like it's 
right. you can play that way against Jake Fromm and Garrett Gilbert, and it's fine. But when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Tom Brady, like let's try something a little bit different. That's all. Especially if you play, if you get to play Tom Brady twice, mm-hmm. and the second one's in the playoffs, and it's almost the same game. I mean, just 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 crazy how little anything changed from game one to game two. Like it's not like the first game went well and <laughs> basically didn't change anything. Even though you're in the situation where you know you can kind of tell from the beginning, like, look, this isn't going to be like a great day for the offense, right? Like this isn't yeah. going to be. One that's of those okay days where if, you're if the offense struggles. That's okay as long as the defense. If you know the, the the greatest trick the Eagles ever pulled was forcing everyone to focus on the defense and just not care about just excuse the offense and Sirianni and Jalen Hurts last year. But I digress. Yes. No, I think I think I think offense is more important, but I also think that the offense is basically the same as last year. I mean, it added one player, right? And well, so added, I think it's important added, uh, to um a top of the league it, player. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're gonna see how that and, and I and I am not worried about how Sirianni is gonna use that player, but I am worried about how Gannon is gonna use all of his new players. And, and what how do you feel about the offense? I I feel good. And and you know, I I I I was tweeting like all the time about how well the offense was doing and all the advanced metrics last year when the team was three and six and everyone was like, you know, this team's terrible, new coach, new quarterback needed, et cetera. I was like, this team's going to the playoffs. Like look at the schedule <laughs> and look at the uh, fact that the offense is actually doing quite well. It's the fact that the defense is giving up nine minute uh, drives against everybody. That's the problem. And that'll hopefully be remedied by, by the schedule, which is exactly what happens. Like once the defense stopped playing Mahomes and, and Herbert and, the and schedule Brady, is very easy uh, they have to Yes. And I actually really, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, if you guys have time, yeah, like, I think the schedule is not talked about enough and everyone who knows me is like, what do you mean? You talk about it all the time, <laughs> but I don't think it's talked about enough. Uh, like half in the general, population I mean, the of, schedule... of Turkey is like, yeah, we heard all about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My grandfather like heard a lot about it, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, I think that the, the schedule is shockingly, uh, advantageous, like not just, in the NFC in general, like in terms of the divisions that the Eagles get to play, the NFC North, the AFC South, right? But also in terms of just comparing the Eagles schedule to the Dallas schedule, um, there's a kind of shocking, uh, you know, ad- advantage in just the three games that are different. Like there are only three games different, right? Between between teams in the same division, the way the, the, way the NFL schedule works. And Dallas finished first last year and the Eagles finished second. So you would think that it wouldn't be that big a difference. Like you're playing second place teams instead of instead of um, instead of first place teams. But here are the actual here are the games, right? The Eagles host the Steelers. Is this when you want this 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 graphic update? Is I was like stepping on my uh, you know job over here. Like I couldn't tell graphic. if it was a I'm schedule like... graphic or not. <laughs> All right. Let's, yeah, I don't let's know. Yeah, yeah it's a schedule. It's a schedule. Okay, this is this is the graphic of the Eagles' uh, schedule and and how um, you know ranking all the teams from most likely to win the Super Bowl to least. The Eagles only the Eagles are tied for 10th in Super Bowl odds and only play one team that is ranked above them in that and that's the Packers. And by the way, that's at home. And and you know, we'll talk about the home home advantage uh, in a bit. 9 of the games are against teams ranked 22nd or lower in Super Bowl odds, which is, you know, not normal. Like I mean, like other teams don't have that. I mean, that's a that's a, you know, that's very yeah. lucky in the sense that it's not just an algorithm thing where it's like, well, you're, these, those are the divisions you're playing. Go back to the differences with Dallas. So Steelers instead of Bengals, obviously an easier game. But then the other games that Dallas has to play, they have to play 
the last two teams to win the Super Bowl, the Rams and Tampa Bay, and they are 12 to 1 and 7 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this year, respectively. The Eagles are playing the Cardinals and the Saints, yeah. who both finished second in their divisions last year. I don't even know how the Saints finished uh, second in their division, but they're they're 40 to 1. Arizona's also 40 to 1. So those are, that's a huge difference. And not only that, we know how important momentum is in the NFL and how teams can believe that they're good, even if they're not. The, the Panthers team that only lost one game and went to the Super Bowl, like they weren't that good, but they won a bunch of games early. They started to believe and they almost went undefeated. It was crazy, right? The, the 2017 Eagles team was similar. They had a bunch of wins in the middle of the season against very bad teams, started to believe, convinced themselves that they could win the Super Bowl without their uh, MVP quarterback, right? Um, Dallas plays those three games that I just mentioned in the first five weeks. Mm. So they play Tampa Bay, the Rams, and Cincinnati all in the first five weeks. And then they come to Philly in, in, in week six. I really think there's a chance if things go the way that I think they might and that I hope they might, the Eagles could go into that week seven bye with something like a three game lead in the division, wow. right? Like, cause when you look at the, the, the actual, uh, you know, order of the games that the Eagles are playing, there aren't that many games at the beginning in which the Eagles won't be favored. There, there aren't any, in fact, I don't think other than, you know, yeah, I don't think there are any in the first six. Well, just very quickly <clears throat> to, uh, to, to say, well, I have it pulled up obviously starts at Detroit week two, the Monday night game against Minnesota week three, at Washington, week four, home against Doug Peterson and the Jags. Week five at Arizona. They're not favored. They're they're going to be favored in that game. And then week six is home against Dallas. We'll, we'll see. I guess that's if not favored. If not favored, it's not going to be one of those yeah. like I can't believe they beat Arizona type right. things, right? Okay. Reason for optimism. We've got you've got the we've got the the Denis of multitudes. We've got the Gannon side. We've got the schedule side. Always at conflict. The schedule is Gannon's best friend. Uh, you know, it was last year. It was last year, and it's going to be this year again. I think the defense is actually uh, a decent philosophy against bad quarterbacks, and there are plenty of games against uh, against bad quarterbacks this year. All right, let's take uh, let's take our second break, and coming back on the other side, we want to talk about what we're going to do for Swooper this year, and also have Dana's grade our Crystal Bald Eagle predictions live, which has never been done before little break on birds of friends and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games visit directtv.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsn's varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply as you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, back on Birds with Friends. And, you know, uh, we had a long weekend last weekend. Everywhere I go, uh, people are coming up to me. You know, we were, we, were at, uh, we were walking around with the family in Fishtown getting a little ice cream. Somebody walked by, said, uh, said, hello. It was a listener. We we're at the zoo. Somebody said, uh, so somebody said, hello, showed me his athletic, uh, receipt and said best purchase I've ever made. And everywhere I go, everybody's asking me what's going to happen with swooper this year. What are we going to do with swooper? They're nudging me. You know, I'm getting phone calls from the mayor. Everybody wants to know. And so we, we bring on Dane let's talk about this. I, I, I sent you some messages. What can we do? How can we uh, how can we troubleshoot this? What can we do moving forward? You you had some ideas. So first of all, I loved the wild card round swooper last year. It was unbelievably fun for, for me to watch. Uh, it was amazing. Zach yelling swooper in the uh, in the Dutch auction was one of the highlights um, in of Dutch auction history. Like just across the history of Dutch auctions, it was fantastic. Um, and first Dutch auction. I want that kind of thing to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, my 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 th- my thinking was that it would be fun to, you know, uh, include Marissa as a as a as a real player I if agree. she's willing to do it. Um, I'm nervous. And yeah, she was a she was an amazing uh, auctioneer, uh, and I think she would be uh, a great player too. And she would clearly be the fan favorite. I think it would be, yeah, it would be nice to have, an obvious, you know, have people yeah. just clearly with somebody to root for. Yeah. Um, so I think what we do now, we talk and, about, maybe it makes sense. The three of us will have our, uh, instead of having Marissa unveil what our bids are, we'll sort of, uh, put them out ourselves when we want. And then maybe at the end, there will be some, uh, some hidden envelopes courtesy of you. Yeah, so I was thinking uh, twelve items. Uh, so if you guys each have three, and you're you're welcome to take them from the chat, or you know, like incorporate the continue to incorporate the chat as as you guys always do, uh, I would be uh, very happy to submit uh, three myself. And the three that I submit would be uh, a little different, probably, mm-hmm. um, in terms of maybe the auction type, uh, in terms of maybe just something else about them, um, and that way maybe it could go in in order you know like one from each of you and then okay. like i can do like the fourth eighth and twelfth ones okay that kind of thing so you're you're uh, i definitely you're want the, the, I definitely want the, the 12th one. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and uh you know as the season goes maybe we'll we'll get different uh educate the viewers on on various um other kinds of auctions that will have zach screaming things now so. now just because i know that zach uh, is now the swooper champion he's he's become this uh it's this outsized superhero in the game i'm a little bit nervous about him is there anything we can do to avoid the chicanery of like him holding on his turkeys and then having something be like jonathan gannon gives up a first down something very easy (laughs) 
I guess that's up to him. Uh, well, to hold you. on. These are still. Are you asking me? Are you asking? Oh, I see. Well, oh. well you guys always, you guys always submitted items. Yeah, right? that's true. So it should. But we didn't know be before. We didn't know part, when they were going to be submitted. Part. Now we will be in control of when we submit our own. But You're we saying could do like a random generator. We could submit them mm. and it be random. And I pull it up on okay. the screen. Denise, how do you feel about that? that? That would be okay. I mean, I I, I don't think that the I'd have the to be like truthful. You know, you don't yeah, know my so game theory. The thing, the thing Maybe I'll I think it would be fantastic if you were just <laughs> yeah. a total villain. Like you just. I actually have a, a super I mean... suggestion this year. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think leftover turkeys should gain interest, and there should be compound interest here, so that no, seriously, yeah. So if 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 you Why? have, what's that? Why? Well, what's the reason behind that? Yeah. <laughs> To to benefit being being um, yeah, but why should you benefit I, that the, the you don't want to incentivize uh, inaction in a, in a in a game on a podcast? Yeah, you want to incentivize exactly, strategy, exactly, right? Exactly. But that doesn't that doesn't incentivize it in an interesting way, right? Like so, <laughs> that would make you less likely to bid, and that makes the game less fun, right? Like if if all four of you are just sitting there, like the interest rate's really high this week, <laughs> I'm just gonna hang on. Like that wouldn't make for a fun that wouldn't make for a fun game, right? No, it's if anything, they should depreciate. Oh, I yeah. disagree there. I, I think that incentivizes um action, th- which is not being the show, the show. No, not being prudent, right? It's like uh you, you know, this that a... in essence, that's like uh if if you're in a fantasy league and and, and you have a, a waiver budget, you you don't you know, if the person who has the the most dollars left at the end can get the best player on the wire at the end because they were smart with their yeah, money but throughout. Still, yeah, but there, but there's no interest on the yeah, waiver wire. You can still just hold the money. Yeah, I, I just thought this would add more strategy. I don't have any. I don't have. I don't have any rings. Like I never won a super championship. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> no, a, I, I got overruled. I, I, I got overruled on this one. That's okay. I'll beat you guys in your own game. So. I just, I'm not sure Ooh. it would be more entertaining. I'm not sure it would be more entertaining for the audience mm-hmm. if, if you were less likely to bid on things. Like that's that's the only fair enough. Um, especially with some of the auction types that I have in mind, it would be good if you mm-hmm. were, we're more prepared to. Okay. All right. That well, goes against we, my ethos. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We uh we, we we don't have uh too much longer here. So why don't we get to our crystal bald eagle season predictions draft for those of you who may not remember or are new to the show, just coming to watch Daniz. Uh, Zach and I are going to, are going to predict a couple bold predictions. And last year you graded these on a scale of three to eight, I believe, uh, Dane is, is that what it was? Why was it three to eight? That's probably right. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to do it last year. Yeah. I don't want to do it this year. Uh, but we're asking, but you. I'm right. here. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. We'll so, do six each. Now. Um, are you, is that okay with you? Six. Okay. I wrote down more than six. So I just need to pick out my six. Okay. I will. Uh, I'll go first. I'll give you a second. Um, I'm gonna start. So, am I doing these? Am I doing these live? Like, as soon as you say it, I give it the number. Yeah, I mean, you can take a few seconds to think about it, but yeah. Or, or if you would like to take. Okay, but I don't. I, I'm not gonna like hear all of them first and get to rank them or anything. Okay. I need. I need to do them. Uh, yeah, that's probably best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, my first one is that after. One of at least one of the two games against the commanders in the locker room. I'm going back to a well that was good for me last year, and that was a predicting of Fletcher Cox uh, comment. 
I'm going to say that in one of those two post-game press conferences or, or locker room uh, gavels, Fletcher Cox says something denigrating about Carson Wentz that is not just like uh, that. That seems a little bit personal. It's a very specific <laughs> call. Want to start? I want to start with <laughs> yeah, that. Look. Okay, I'm looking at my point totals from last year, so I can I can kind of as as a, as a reminder, the point totals were very generous to Bo. And that's uh, not they true. Were, they were they were tilted against me. Yes, because um, I made more and, and yet despite that, you managed to you managed to tie last year. Yeah, exactly. was there a tie? I made all your predictions. <laughs> no, uh, she and I talked about this. Uh, you conspired with Denise. Please, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, he's uh, okay. He's not giving any handouts. I'm just glad. I mean, you guys both. Just to remind everyone, you guys both got 15 points, and she'll only got three. Uh, so being bolder was not necessarily mm. the the way to go. Um, okay, so your your Fletcher Cox very specific thing last yeah. year, which hit was a six pointer. Um, I'm gonna say that this one is a little bit less bold. There are two games. Mm. Um, though, hold on, didn't Fletcher wasn't Fletcher Cox one of the people who like tweeted in favor of Carson Wentz that when he right, got yeah. benched? Yeah, it was like him, like, and he said like, he, or he liked the tweet or something, oh, yeah, and he criticized right. the benching, and then and he said my tweet is my tweet or something. Um, that makes it less likely. Okay, I'll 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 keep it at six. Okay. six points for this one. I think that's reasonable. Zach, uh, the Eagles reach forty sacks. Mm. which um, I believe 14 teams last year had 40. The Eagles had 29. So this will be uh, an 11-sack increase from last season um, in a defense that, as, as, as Denise pointed out, is you know the worst defense known to mankind. So no. <laughs> I'm just kidding there. That was for effect. Yeah. Um, no, given given the schedule, there should be leads and those kinds of things. Hassan Reddick should get a lot of sacks. BG is back. Um, it's not as bold as the Fletch thing. I mean, talking about ending up in the top fourteen, that's like half the league had forty yeah. sacks, right? Yes, but they were so, but they were number thirty one last year. So you're talking about them going yeah. from thirty one into the top half of the league. Well, yeah, you're. I mean, as, half of the starting lineup has changed. As you said, their defensive the coordinator doesn't doesn't generate pressure on first and second down. So, uh, and and they don't do a good job getting the third down. So, um, I mean, based on the previous discussion, this should be like <laughs> well, a, that's why they were thirty first last year. Yes. Right? So basically, the, the question is: the question is, it feels like a four to me. Yeah. Inspiring once again. Yeah, Bo, you're not helping yourself by <laughs> yeah. like saying a number. <laughs> Because now I can't say that number, and probably <laughs> it feels it like a four. two, really. Uh, yeah, what's the lowest one? Three, Three is yeah. the lowest. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, it's almost. I think it's like a. It's a little bit less than a coin flip. So what's the coin flip? A coin flip would be. I think a. I think a coin yeah, flip I, three. So it should be a four. Yeah. Okay. I, it is a four. Okay. Uh, it's a four. Okay. I have a, I have a similar one that I think is also is a, a same level and is the same level of improvement. Uh, last year, the Eagles uh, had only five plays on offense of 40 yards or more. That was tied for last in the league. 
Uh, I think this year they will have at least 12 of those, and that would be top seven in the league. I think they go from at five to at least 12 plays of 40 yards or more. And do you know do you know how many teams had that many last year? Uh, there were, I, I believe, actually, I do have it right here. Uh, so it was tied for seventh, but there were one, two, three, four, five, five of those teams tied. So I guess 11 teams. I think that's a, a probably I, I'm happy to take the four there. It feels like a similar similar thing as Zach's. It's a slightly bigger improvement, but yeah, I think yeah, I agree. Though you if you're gonna have me do this, you have to stop just like, <laughs> saying what you think it should be. <laughs> that's fair. Otherwise, I'm, I'm just gonna everyone's gonna be like, Oh, you just did yeah, whatever Bo said. And you know, so I'm know, trying to say something, at least that would be yeah. Zach's not paying attention. Hmm. No, I, I, I'm sorry. My my, my my story just went off. So I, it's um, not Zach. It's the it's the listeners. I was getting like DMs last year about like I can't believe you made the press conference one be five points or whatever. I was like, well, like what? Like I didn't even ask to do. Well, I promise. I but. promise those listeners that nobody watches the press conferences more than Dan is. All right, Zach, you're up. Did you guys notice? Did you guys notice the other day? Um, and I I do not know how you sit through the the Shane Steichen uh, stuff. Shane Steichen uh, was talking about the wide receivers and like the depth chart and 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 how he includes the practice squad as um, as uh, as part of the roster or whatever. And he and he's but and he said and he said obviously AJ Devante and Zach mm-hmm. over and then he didn't yeah, and then he didn't continue. I, did I thought it was that. really interesting that he said yeah. Zach and he didn't say Quez. Yeah, I did notice that. And I think people are going to be surprised that when Zach Pascal plays more snaps than Quez this year. Mm. I, like I don't know that. if that's one of your things, but that would be one of mine. I like that. Um, <laughs> so this one, based on your previous graphic, I imagine this one's going to be pretty high up. Uh, the Eagles don't have a winning record versus AFC South and NFC North teams. And um, I specified this. I said don't have a winning record, not have a losing record. So if they go four and four in those games, then I still hit. Yeah, interesting. Um Green Bay and Minnesota at home mm-hmm. and at Detroit and at Chicago. Mm-hmm. And if I were, if I were choosing which two of those that I would want at home, I would have green Bay. Dallas has to go to green Bay and to Minnesota and they host Detroit and Chicago who are two teams who should not need home field uh, to beat. So that's another schedule advantage for the Eagles, by the way, that they get to play the better teams at home in the, in the NFC North compared to um, compared to Dallas. I definitely think the Eagles will have a winning record against those two divisions. I would yeah. say and so that, do I, by that the way. is pretty bold. I would yeah. yeah, I would give it I would give it um seven. Seven? No way. Yeah. That's, so that's, why nah, that, that's why I went with this. That's why I went with What if the Eagles one? are bad? <laughs> well, I'm I'm protecting myself in that case, right? So uh, okay. wow. I, feel like I mean, the, the season's here. not going to be fun if, if it's not a winning record against those yeah. teams, right? Well, yeah, but this isn't a scale of what's not fun. That doesn't seem that unlikely. I'm expecting the season will be fun, okay. so I, I think it's bold to say that it will. All right. Yeah. Uh, I've got a uh, – this is a, a pretty straightforward one. Uh, I, I think I've talked about this. Dallas Goddard, to me, like weirdly low, in, and I know you're not a fantasy player, Dennis, but he's like the eighth-ranked fantasy player uh, at tight end. I think Dallas Goddard will finish as a top three fantasy tight end this year. With what scoring system? 
Yeah, I don't I don't know anything yeah. about fantasy. Let's I don't want to sound let's like, call it like half, Ray Dillinger or something. Half point PPR. I don't know even know what that means. Um so fantasy is like you get points for touchdowns or something. Yeah. Um but this is a tough one because every league has has different touchdowns. I just told you you, half point PPR. Yeah, but but touchdowns are different in in different leagues and okay, like very standard. If I can have 10 seconds, 10 seconds on this, fantasy is the worst thing to have happened to football. I mean, it's terrible. I'm sitting in the stands, 99% of people are on their phone, especially if it's a one o'clock game, checking their fantasy score instead of paying attention to the game. No one impacts the game anymore. Uh, it's, it's, it's awful. You're at a game, watch the game you're at. All right. Anyway. Um, okay. So five points. Dallas Goddard's Dallas Goddard, like yards per route run and all those kinds of things. Like his DVOA as a tight end and everything was, was off the charts last year. I don't think people realized like how, uh, good it was. Yes. He was second among tight ends. Six fantasy is obviously more of a counting, counting stats thing. Um, right. And then they were not given, they were not pass heavy. Not pass heavy, but you know, yeah, no Zach Ertz this year. Obviously, neither of the other two tight ends seems like someone who's going to get a lot of targets either. Um, things should be opening up for the tight end, right? But with with two wide receiver, whatever. Yeah, um, I don't think it's that bold. I'll say, I'll say five. Okay, Zach. So. This is one here that I imagine is going to be pretty low on the scale. <laughs> um, but the Eagles win a playoff game. Not make the playoffs. The Eagles win a playoff game. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm going to go with four for that. Okay. I have a specific playoff prediction. Devontae Smith scores two touchdowns in a single playoff game. What? Okay. That in a single playoff yes. game? All right, that's that's very bold. Um this is this is my um uh going back to players. You know, the the comparison we made with organism. This is my Devontae Smith organism moment. Yeah. I mean, it's very it's not like a crazy happening, right? But it, it would be a crazy thing to have predicted from before the season. Um Devontae Smith, two touchdowns in one playoff game. I'll, I'll say seven. Okay. Uh, so the Eagles had, and this also could potentially involve Devontae Smith, could potentially involve Dallas Goddard, um, could potentially involve Zach Pascal. Uh, the Eagles have two players reach 1,000 receiving yards. And to give context to that, the Eagles have not had a 1,000-yard wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. Zach Ertz reached that mark as a tight end in 2018. So for those who don't remember last year, Zach, you had the Eagles don't have a 1,000-yard yeah. receiver yes. at any position. Yep. And I said that that was a three, um, and it and it did hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying that this year there will be two players that hit 1,000? Yes, and I, I did not say wide receivers for this one. So two players. Could be right. right, and you and you didn't last year either, by yeah. the way. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, I having two that hit 1,000 is more bold than saying none would in last year's offense. But it's still kind of bold. I, I would say five. 
Six? Let's make it six. Okay, thank you. Hmm. Feels a little feels like you're overcorrecting a little bit on the scoring system here, I just want to say, but <laughs> okay. It's almost oh, like I didn't want to do like this. a five. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you uh I'm gonna give you an, an eight pointer, okay? Uh a Titans wide receiver when the Titans play the Eagles is going to be flagged for trying to fight or hitting Chauncey Gardner Johnson. To me, that is the game oh, where Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he's going to be talking AJ Brown, like related smack, like you guys can't carry his jock or something like that. He's going to be really aggressive and over the top about it. And one of them is going to snap. Interesting. I, I would have thought you would have said uh, Saints. Yeah. Um, but you're saying Titans. So it's not – I don't think it's eight points. Eight points last year were like um, Eagles successfully execute a surprise onside kick, right, which like no one ever does, right? That's, like that that's a eight. thing that teams do. Uh, this is a very specific prediction. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson like routinely gets <laughs> yes. opponents flagged. Yeah. <laughs> like he had, There's like yeah, an entire a, YouTube a... highlight thing of him getting opponents flagged. All you're doing it's is like picking a game. Yeah, yeah that's saying. very specific. Yeah, it's specific, but yeah, I don't know. And a position. Um, he did pick a yeah, position. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, Marissa. Sorry, Wait, not to, it, you know. What was the position? You said it's going to be uh, a wide receiver. receiver. Yeah. Oh. So the obvious position. Okay. Here. It's yeah. usually it's usually wide receivers. Yeah, but, um, I thought you said tight end. I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Who are the Titans wide receivers? Like, are any Robert of Woods, likely? Traylon, Traylon Burks. Burks. Nick or uh, Westbrook yeah. uh, Kinney. Okay. Um, it is likely that he'll be doing well in that game, I think, and against the wide receivers. He's least. also got to be healthy at that point. It's like week 13 or week 11. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, just because it's so specific, I'll, I'll say seven. Okay. So this was, this is one here that should be an eight pointer, um, because mm -hmm. yeah, only, you've got two left. I've got one left. Because only two players in NFL history at this position have done this. Jalen Hurts rushes for one thousand yards, at least one thousand yards, not one thousand yards on the dot. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, only Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson, I believe, ha have have done this. Right. Yeah, I think um, things will. will uh, I, yeah. As you think uh, about this, I think I think this would be a like a borderline bad sign for the offense, given all the investment they've made. If if he has to run for a thousand yards, I feel like that's not ideal. Aren't you the one who always says like, "What yeah. you know, if if he runs for six yards, gets that's better yeah, than checking it down." Well, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But. Okay. And I, I just want to be clear. Not. I just want to be clear. This I, I made these in in game theory with game theory in mm. mind here. This is not like things that I think are going to happen. So oh well uh, mine are. Well I would I would I would hope not. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I'll it's not yeah, I don't think it's it's I'll I, it's kind of boring to just have them all be seven, but I think this one's also seven. Okay. okay. I'm optimistic about the offense, and I think that if the team has a lead and he's healthy and all that, there are going to be situations where defenses might 
make it such that running is the best option for him if the passing game is going well. I don't think it's necessarily mm -hmm. a bad sign. It obviously depends on the situations in the games that it comes up. But it's still bold because he's not Lamar Jackson, right? He's not going to be getting a lot of like 80-yard runs. So he's going to have to get it in in smaller chunks. So. Uh, all right. Should I give you the my last one? I have one that's about a specific player and one that's about a specific game. That's much more bold. I'm going to give you the bold one. The one that I'm not giving you is that Nicobe Dean uh, will finish the season as the Eagles' top linebacker. He will play. He will be playing the most snaps of any linebacker at the end of the season. Uh, wow. I'm okay. not going to give you that one, but I'm going on the record with that one. Uh, my okay. my one that I'm giving you is Week Four. Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to come to Lincoln Financial Field, and oh, no. and win that game either by a last minute score. Or by double digits. What? Okay. Um, so basically, it's a it's a Doug Peterson crowning. In so you're that ruling game. out you're ruling out like a routine a routine seven eight, eight, eight point win. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. That could help my AFC South NFC. Uh, but you're also ruling out like a three point win if they didn't if they weren't the team to score at the end or whatever, right? Like right. you're saying, yes, it's a last minute score. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that it's is the, that is. Specific. It's the kind of thing where it's where it's like Doug did it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty bold. Um, I will give that. I'll give that one an eight. All right, I'll take it. Uh you know, Bo was hoping to get an eight in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, that like, one deserves an eight just because of the like, just how big. I yeah, think that would be I don't think too, that's. You know I don't think I mean? it's worthy of an eight, but that's that's okay. <laughs> I'm, Look, I'm 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 willing to play against uh you know a stacked board here. Oh, um, so the one I'm not giving you is Trey Sermon rushes for at least 250 yards. Um, oh, interesting. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a a a, a different one. And if any NFL owners... that would have been that would have been such a boring thing <laughs> yeah, to track. Yeah. By the way, thank you for not. <laughs> that would have been like uh trey sermon got another like 14 yards this game like that yeah. would not have been uh, okay yeah. if 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 there's an a gm or an owner out there who listens to the first 40 minutes of this podcast this one is definitely an eight but uh an eagles assistant gets a head coaching job this offseason mm. and not so wow. i so this could be brian johnson could be shane steichen could be you know you go on down the list chef stoutland Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon. Gannon. Yes. Um, yes. Joe Casper. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah. um, uh, Eric Dickerson. No, uh, uh, Tyler Brown. Being random Tyler Brown. Coaches who have <laughs> no chance getting that. <laughs> uh, Tyler Brown. Yeah. Um, Michael Clay, and by the way, back to the, now that I've mentioned the other two coordinator pressers, Michael Clay does an amazing job in, in pressers of making it feel like making it sound like he doesn't do anything himself. Like it's like, like Tyler Brown <laughs> yeah, yeah. is the guy. He really is good at deflecting. Like, yeah. You know, like, like, yeah. And there are, there it's, are, it's amazing. Are, like he's are, like, Oh yeah. Like Joe, Joe Panunzio is the one who actually does like all the Aaron you know, Moorhead. Like, works and, with then, the returners. and then yesterday he was like, Aaron Moorhead is the one who works with the returners. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. like I, and, uh, and it's, in, it's uh, interesting because it's the opposite leadership style of other people in the building who like to let you know that no one else does anything. Yes. They do everything. Yes. 
yeah no it's it's really amazing like like yeah you guys are asking about the kicking game he's like i don't know about the kicking <laughs> game like that's like tyler brown <laughs> um I, I i am i am afraid that that means he will not be getting a head coaching uh, uh job um i mean realistically gannon and steichen are the ones that could um i'm as you know i'm not, not optimistic about gannon's performance at the same time gannon's performance doesn't seem to have anything to do with him being a head coaching <laughs> candidate um, <laughs> Which I don't understand. Yeah, I, mean, I should also he had, specify. I, I, he, I, he had I, three head coaching interviews yeah. last year, so this is not that bold. I should specify this. No, is, this is NFL head coaching. I could do a bow and okay. and like after the fact say I met college too, and DJ Brian Kenny. Johnson's the coach at mm. yeah, Utah next year. Um, but uh, no, I I will specify NFL head. Yeah, coaching. yeah. NFL head coach. Yeah, I mean, oof, there's so, there seem to be so many other people kind of ahead of them, right? Like in terms of people who have been interviewing and haven't gotten jobs and seem to be close, et cetera. If the offense is amazing, is it going to be Steichen that gets the credit? He's calling the plays, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe people love to go with that kind of... Plus he's white. Um, that kind of thing. He is. He is. That doesn't hurt Gannon either. Yeah. Um, I would still be surprised um and and i will give it a just because of the gannon interviews that already happened i'm gonna give it a, a six okay because I, I would still be surprised and, and i don't understand the gannon interviews but well that's, and i don't uh... really understand this game here. So I, I, <laughs> I don't understand if i'm supposed to give predictions that i think will happen yeah i did that last year no, I did that last year. Then I was low on everything. And so, well, yeah, because you picked like the Eagles score a touchdown. So, the incentive this year is to pick things that you don't think or that I have are unlikely to occur. No, like, I think one of things that I think are going to happen. Yeah, you're supposed calls. to pick things that, that, that you think that I don't think will happen, but that yeah. you think will happen. So, really, the, the, the key to the game is picking things that you think are more likely than I think they are. Mm. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm much better at saying, give me. Expert, you know, give me six predictions about the Eagles, and I'll give you six predictions. But the do, but but to grade it on a scale that's completely arbitrary and rewards things for being out out outrageous, I just I went for out, out I went for outrageous this year. You get you ask Zach for six predictions, mm. he'll give you six predictions. You ask Zach for six crazy predictions, he'll give you six predictions. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the uh... it's like the running back who gives. Well, you look, I, yeah. yeah. I know it's birds with friends tradition to have at least one person on the show who does not want to be playing the game. And so <laughs> I'm glad you guys are, are, are keeping All right. Up, well, uh, do, do you, uh, do you want to go on the record yourself, Daniels, with your, uh, your final season predictions for the Eagles? I know I, I have an expectation that because you, there's only one thing you want to happen. That will be the thing you predict, but, but please go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, uh, 19 and one resting starters in week uh, right. 18 is probably the the thing that I would say. Um, or I, I guess if you're if you're undefeated, you're not going to arrest everybody, right? And lose to the Giants. Mm -hmm. So 20 and 0, I guess. Um, no, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna care what I say here because I don't I'm not gonna want it to happen more than anything better. Um, but I think the schedule really it really looks like at least 12 and five to me. And um, I am going to, you know, go up with that a little bit and, and say 13 and four. 
And I, and I think 13 and four could get the number one seed. And if it gets the number one seed, then, you know, you guys are going to, uh, where's the Super Bowl? Arizona. I'll be going back to Arizona. Okay. Maybe we should stay there the whole time. There you go. I love that. I love a Scottsdale. So mm, I bet you do Panama red. All right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, all yeah, right. I mean that might that might that might that might require you know a Tom Brady injury or something like you know for it to for it to end up really happening. But yeah. all right, this is the time of year that we have to be optimistic. Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, sorry, I'm I am now doing a fantasy draft that uh, we have extended. So <laughs> that he's I'm, taking Dallas Goddard in. I'm but... double booking. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm taking. Uh, <laughs> who did you? I don't remember. All right. Uh, Worst thing to happen. To that's right. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thank you uh, to Diniz for being so generous with your time. Zach and I, we will have to go on the record with our final predictions. Uh, although I guess we did that on The Athletic earlier this week, but we will do that. Real predictions, though. On Friday. Yeah, like actual predictions that we think are going to occur. Yes. Uh, and we'll do that. And we'll see you on Friday for the uh, new edition of Super. We're hoping to be joined as well by our new Lions beat reporter. Get a little peek behind enemy lines. Hard Knock Star. Hard Knock Star, Colton Pouncey. And yeah. uh, lots to get to. So for everybody, for Daniz, for the nameless uh, student who was a Daniz fan, for Zach and Marissa, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. For Elijah as well. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, we love you.